right up your street. We're in your forum. We're in your forum. We are Expression FM. Expression FM. Time now is 11 past three. That was Foster the People there with Best Friend off our A-list. And we're going to hand over to a very lucky man now who's going to be inter- interviewing a very talented man. James Beeson, take it away. Good afternoon. I'm here in the studio with uh, the wonderful Frank Turner. And um, Frank, how does it feel to be back next to him playing the Lemon Grove this evening? Uh, it feels good. Yeah, I mean, we've played the Lemon Grove before. Um, I've got a lot of time for extra. Um, I've got family down here and stuff. So, yeah, it's and it's a lovely day. And so. a sold-out show as well. And a sold-out show, which, which is, is nice. Good. Although, it is, I then, what happens on days when we have sold-out shows is I sit there sort of putting random people who I run into in the street on the guest list until my tour manager tackles me and goes, please stop doing this. Uh, so, I, I just want everyone to get in, but anyway. Fantastic. <laughs> so you've obviously played new- Exeter numerous times in the past, yes. but um, what's your favourite venue or memory of the city? Um, I'm going to have to shout the, ca- uh, the Cavern, really. I mean, I have played there Excellent many, many choice. times. The people who run it are old friends, and yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, my old band Million Dead played there about a thousand times, as far as I can remember, um, and I played there myself. I actually haven't been there for some time, which is a shame, but yeah, a lot of good memories. As I say, I think I saw your tour poster up on the wall there. Right. Um, so you reference Exeter and a girl named Amy in the song I'm Disappeared. I wanted to ask you about that. Who, ex- <laughs> who exactly is Amy and did she really work in a bar in Exeter? Um, no comment to the first question <laughs> and yes to the second. Okay, brilliant. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not actually her name, but it's... Uh, a pseudonym. <laughs> it's a pseudonym, yes. Okay. Well, the names have been changed to protect... I was going to say the innocent, but that's not quite what I mean. But um, <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Frank, you obviously spend a lot of time on tour. I think this is show another 1,618, am I right? Uh, yeah, 17 or 18. 17 I, or 18. I, I think you so, know I mean, me at how this point. hard is it for you to find the time to write new music when you're constantly on the road? Uh, I don't find it particularly hard. I mean, it's, I've been touring pretty hard for a good 10 years now, and so all the records that I've done with the possible exception of the first one have been written on the road yeah um, it's just it's 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 my kind of normality really do you know what I mean it's, it's sometimes people are like how do you survive on the road and to me a better question is how do you survive off the road I never know what to do with myself when we get time off I sort of climb up the walls for a bit Sure. Um, you promised your fans you'll be uh, performing some new music on this tour. What we're talking about, writing new music. But how difficult can it be, for, you know, to strike a balance between playing new music and then playing the hits, which the fans still uh-huh. obviously adore? Well, I mean, I think you know, writing a set list is a, is a, a fine art and one that I've spent m- way too much of my life thinking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think we sort of, well, at least I hope some people know, you clearly know, that like we are playing some new material on this tour, but, but we're, you know, I don't want to be one of those bands who kind of refuses to play the songs that people want to hear. That seems like a waste of time to me. I'm a, my job is I'm a professional entertainer, and I want people to come to the show to have a good time. Sure, absolutely. And with that in mind, when can we expect a new album, and what can we expect from it? <clears throat> um, uh, w- the w- well, both slightly complicated questions at the moment. I'm in the middle of a... Um, Discussion, shall we say, with my record label about where we, we make the album and with who. But I, I'm, I'm keen to get it done as soon as possible and get it out as soon as possible. So, realistically, early next year, we'll have a new record out. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of... Uh, it's a little too early to start kind of commenting on the record as a whole just yet, um, because many things happen in the studio and I'm still writing and all that kind of thing. But I think it's going to be a more upbeat record than the last one I did, a bit more kind of... Um, Positive, I suppose. I was going to say, I mean, your last album was quite a personal record. Yeah, and, and sort of down, like, slightly kind of depressing. I mean, do you find that <laughs> difficult at all, to write write about things and sing about things that's so close to you, or is it in a strange way therapeutic? Um, it's very therapeutic and it's very cathartic, you know. Um, uh, so the writing part isn't necessarily hard, it's 
there are days there are certain songs and certain days when kind of kind of relaying this information again in front of a room full of people you don't know can get a bit weird but um but it's my fault so uh, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take my all okay um Moving away from your tour, uh, you've recently campaigning with uh, the UK Cultural Secretary, campaigning to him, asking yep. him to adopt the agent of change pr- yep. um, principle in yep. order to help small local music venues. And mm-hmm. c- I mean, I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that and why it's so important to you as an issue. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the underground music uh, scene and the kind of the sort of, I mean, people call it the toilet circuit, which I always think is a little bit disparaging, but, you know, the kind of sort of, we're talking the sort of 150, 200 capacity venues, or, or a little larger, but there's, I mean, it's n- that's never been a particularly sort of stable and secure kind of circuit, and it never will be, um, but in recent years there's just been a lot of instances of um, venues running into trouble because of developers kind of buying up buildings next door to them and turning them into flats, and then two complaints get lodged in a music venue that's been there for 40 years gets closed down. And there's something obviously unjust about that, you know? Um, and I, w- not only that, but also it annoys me that it's kind of there's so little kind of legal consideration for our culture. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, people need places to live, I understand that, but we also need places for our culture to exist. And other forms of culture seem better protected to me like you know this this stuff doesn't happen to opera houses do you know what i mean and it's like despite the fact that you know rock and roll's been around for quite a while now it's still kind of like treated as a kind of slightly sort of juvenile younger brother of the arts which i think is nonsensical um and and you know and 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 rock and roll generally isn't kind of state funded which personally i think is a good thing you know it means that we're sort of pretty self-sufficient we're not asking the government for money we're asking for um consideration from a legal point of view so the idea is the principle basically says um that uh if somebody the person who changes the situation is the person who has to bear the costs of doing that so if somebody builds a new venue in the middle of a housing estate the people who want to do that have to make sure that there's no noise pollution and take all the residents' considerations into views and all that kind of thing, which is as it should be, but by contra- on, on the same token, if somebody uh, changes a disused car park next to the Bristol Fleece and Firkin into a block of flats, um, they can't then get the Bristol Fleece and Firkin closed down, because it was there first. And, and it's, it's a really simple, small change, and it just seems really kind of obvious to yeah me. no absolutely i mean i live just down the road from tommy joe's forum which i think is one of the venues that's on the yeah that's on the list uh, manchester night and day bedford squires there's i mean there's a, lot, a depressingly large number so yeah no thoroughly worthwhile cause endorsed by expression fm I, excellent I well there's a, there's a petition there's links to it from my site and my twitter and facebook and all that kind of business so um please do get sure. involved have we got time for a quick song and then come back with of a couple course. more questions Let's, is that I like all right songs. Songs okay so good. we're gonna have wessex boy by oh, frank nice. turner one, two, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. One, two, one, two, three, four. Let me tell you all the little story of the things I've found. Hanging out and drinking with my friends in the cathedral grounds. Late to dodging drunks as we dance along Jury Street As we wander uptown to the railway, our friends to meet There's something about coming back to your hometown again The place where you grew up and where you found your farmer's friends And though none of them still live here and I've got nowhere to go I'm a Wessex boy and when I'm here I'm Story of the things I've lost Huddling for warmth on the top step of the bar to cross 
Sitting on the benches by the bridges at the riverside Counting down the hours for the buses Cause I missed my ride There's something about coming back to your hometown again The place where you grew up and where you found your family friends And though none of them still live here And I've got nowhere to go I'm a Wessex boy A Wessex boy And when I'm here I'm home And one day I will hear this song Anonymous and sweet Ringing out from a busker's guitar On the ancient city streets I pause the one smile before I continue on alone And somebody else will sing the words And I'll feel like I'm home Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Expression FM. The time has just gone 20 past three. And as we previously said, we've got the wonderful Frank Turner in the studio doing an interview as a collaboration between Expression and Expose Music. Um, Frank, we were talking a little bit in the break about um, your time with Million Dead and yep. uh, your experiences there. And I just wanted to ask you, how difficult was it to make the transition from playing mm-hmm. to that sort of punk music to playing folk music? And what prompted that decision um well i mean million dead fell apart which was sort of um not much fun and not particularly sort of romantic uh and i kind of i knew i wanted to keep touring and i knew i wanted to do something else uh musically just because i felt the the whole experience left me a kind of a little bit burned at the time i mean i'm over it now it was 10 years ago but um but you know it was it was a strange time for me and then um yeah and sort of playing acoustic guitar kind of seemed like the opposite of playing in a hardcore punk band to me so i gave it a go and it just kind of felt like the right thing to do i mean it's it's a funny thing to look back at now because at the time i think i was quite driven and i think um i think i sort of thought i had a master plan and all my friends thought i was nuts and now looking back on it now i look back and think that i must have been nuts and all my friends think i must have had a master plan because because of how things have gone but I, it's really it's been quite unexpected ending up here yeah but i mean it all works out for the best obviously a triumphant show in 2012 at wembley arena and opening yeah. the olympic ceremony in 2012 mm. as well so i just want to ask i mean what's that like as an experience to walk out there in front of all those people and uh. play to them well and i mean sing the words back at yeah the, well the two experiences are very different i mean the, the the olympic thing was cool to do i sort of did it because 
why not? Do you know what I mean? And it, predictably, various kind of like sort of self-righteous punk kids were trying to kind of um, give me grief afterwards for doing it. And it was just, it was like, really, man? You want me, are you going to be that old guy sitting in the corner of the pub in 50 years' time telling the story about the time when you didn't play a show like that? That's just boring. That's, uh, th- what, a, what a tedious way to go through life being too self-important to do anything interesting. Um, but uh, so, so we did it. I mean, it was a weird gig, you know. Um, uh, I'm glad it did it, but it, it was... It was more like a kind of video shoot, actually, really. There wasn't really anyone in front of us. Um, and I don't think most people there had any idea who I was. Uh, but, that, I mean, it was fine, whatever. Um, the Wembley thing was cool because it sort of felt like... Um, it felt like the culmination of an awful lot of effort. Um, yeah, it was... It, you know, we did an awful lot of shows and it all came together. And it was kind of a risk doing a show in a venue that big. But it, it worked out, I think. And then, you know, we had the Arena Tour earlier this year, which was kind of cool because it felt like seven Wembley shows in a row so that was that was kind of nice too yeah absolutely um, I'm going to ask you about something now that you're probably not going to want to talk to me about which is about your <laughs> politics sure because it's got politics. you in sort of some hot water uh, in the past yeah um, in, back in 2012, um, Labour MP Kerry McCarthy labelled you a twerp in a tweet. Well, she's a Labour MP, so I think I won that <laughs> argument. <laughs> expressing libertarian political views. I mean, do you would you say you identify with any particular sta- political standpoint or party? Um, not party, definitely not. No, I mean, I it. <sighs> I don't even I, I don't even particularly like talking about libertarianism as if it's this sort of coherent set of beliefs that comes with like a checklist and a manifesto and a poster of some 19th century guy with a beard stuck on my bedroom wall because it doesn't I mean actually what I am is is a liberal in the classic sense of the term John Stuart Mill and Adam Smith there you go end of end of discussion but that word's been kind of um, the, the meaning of that word has changed in the 20th, certainly throughout the 20th century so it's, it, people get confused if you use it but yeah I just kind of believe in maximal freedom and not telling other people what to do with their lives um, and apparently that makes me an awful human being if you're a Labour MP but you know you can take from that what you like Okay, um, we've got a question coming from um, Abby Patterson on Twitter we mm-hmm. run a little, just a little competition um, asking people to tweet in with some questions for mm-hmm. you and um, she's asked if you could collaborate with anyone in the world on a, on a track who would it be and why? Um uh, I would be really interested in doing something while he's still alive with Robbie Robertson from the band um, because I think that he's a great songwriter and a great player but I always feel like he's kind of one of his most interesting things he's been an incredible arranger the work that he did with Bob Dylan in the 70s was uh, I think made Dylan a better artist than he is and um, I'm sort of fascinated by that I mean I'm, I'm not incidentally comparing myself to Bob Dylan here let's just get that straight but no you know I mean if, if, we're, if we're doing my fantasy like uh, collaboration I'd say Robbie Robertson would be amazing Okay, um, we'll just finish with one question, which uh, is quite a topical one at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. which is um, about Freshers' Week, obviously, on campus. We've just had Freshers' <laughs> Week at university. And I just wanted to ask now you, as a, former te- yeah. <laughs> as a former teetotal <coughs> yourself, having, I think it was five years that you yeah, were teetotal yeah, yeah. for, what advice would you give to Freshers, perhaps, who are feeling a little bit pressured into drinking whilst at university? Oh, well, the first, okay, the first thing you should do is never, never never give a damn what anybody else thinks you should do that's a terrible way to live your life you know I don't, and I don't, and that, 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 it's not, I'm not trying to say that that's, it's just the easiest thing in the whole world but like um, you know if, if you don't feel like doing something don't do it that's a ridiculous idea and, and it's kind of uh, it's kind of lame to actually, for somebody to actually try and pressure somebody else into drinking I think there's something pretty pathetic about that um, you know have a good time if you want to have a drink do I mean I, I'm not going to lie I enjoy a drink myself but uh, I'll, I'll be having a drink after the show tonight but um but you should always just do whatever you're comfortable with and nothing more. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much, Frank, for coming on. We wish you all the best for the show this evening, and we'll end with uh, Recovery. So this is Recovery with Frank Turner. Enjoy.